Hey, welcome back. It's another episode of Business of Film, episode number 55. My name is Jesse Eichmann, and you're listening to a CraftTruck.com podcast. With me here in the office is Alexis Grieve. Hello. Hey, Alexis, say hi again. Hello. There was really no particular reason for that except just to have her say hello on camera. But Alexis is an integral part of the whole craft truck, business of film, audio, everything process. So for those of you that don't know Alexis Grieve, you should. And if you want to follow her on Twitter, you can. Here's her Twitter address. It's at Alexis Grieve. How's that? How do you like them apples? Yeah, it's very, very original. Very original. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know it, but that, uh, but but you should. As I mentioned, Alexis really she pulls all the strings around here at Craft Truck. So, uh, all right, on to this week's episode. We have publicity for you on the show with us is Ingrid Hamilton. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Ingrid twice, uh, two different uh, uh, shows that that we've uh, I guess produced and and worked on. One of which was uh, when Jews were funny, which she did an awesome job on. We don't talk about that particular show on this episode, but I just wanted you, our listeners, to know that this is somebody that I've worked with and uh, and I really respect, and I think she's got a lot of really interesting insights. So uh, I was happy to have her on the show with us for her to share uh, her knowledge about uh, film publicity, and uh, there are two sides to the conversation, and it gets... I want to say not confusing, but uh, we, we try and untangle certain a- aspects of film publicity in this episode, one of which is, and you'll, you'll hear what I mean when we get into the show, but there are two publicists that you should be thinking of as a filmmaker. The first is the film publicist for a festival, and the second is a filmmaker's publicist that they would hire independently uh, that would then work the film for them uh, as their own contractor when they take a film to a festival. So there are two different hats that, that that Ingrid specifically wears, and we talk about both those hats in this episode. So it was fun to dive into that and much more uh, about all that good stuff on this week's show. Uh, and uh, we'll get right into the episode now. But if you want to reach us, you can. Uh, craft truck, uh, sorry, coffee at crafttruck.com. If you want to send us an email, please do. Uh, we're happy to respond to you uh, anytime and uh, with any of your questions. And if you want to reach us on Twitter, you can find us at craft truck. So have a great week. Enjoy this episode and uh, on with the show. You do a lot of work with uh, producers, uh, working with them, uh, both uh, on-set publicity and festival publicity. When does your job really begin? Well, you know, I hate to say this, but it really depends on the budget for for each individual. Um, you know, sometimes we come on as early as, um, you know, when the film is just a thought process and it hasn't even been cast or, or, or any kind of production even put together. But um, normally that doesn't happen too much in the, in the world of indie. And uh, since we are more independent and don't work with the larger studios, we tend to sort of come in as soon as the distributor or the producer has a um, uh, a finished film. That's the majority of the, of the time. Other times we we go on set and and we we have media come on set or we'll we'll send out trade announcements that the production's about to start or that the production has ended and everything's into post. So there's kind of different times, but I would say the main thrust of our work and when we come on is when when the film is done and the film is going either to festivals or to theatrical 
you know, I, I guess anywhere from six weeks to to three months before it opens. And I definitely want to unpack a lot of sort of what goes on in that time frame, but and I and I have a feeling that's going to take up the bulk of this conversation. Mm-hmm. But just yeah. uh, on the topic of on-set publicity, yeah. how important is that? Like, what what do you feel the producer gains by having trade announcements go go out, or even you know, should they? Uh, is that you know, is that actually worth the the time, effort, energy, cost? to try and promote a film at its infancy stage or at its production stage, you know, well before it's ready to be released or seen by uh, the public and or uh, distributor? Yeah, I mean, I think it's extremely important because we're we're sort of in that um, immediate um, time in our lives where everything is now, now, now. And there isn't a faster and a quicker way to get your name, to get your your production, to get your cast out there right away with with that first trade announcement saying that this film is now in production. So all of a sudden, if uh, this is mainly going to the trades, so it's all the people in the industry that are uh, reading reading you know the trades like like a like daily like a Bible and um, knowing what is going on and. Um, Kind of feeling out is this something that they might be interested in? Is there, um, you know, somebody that they haven't thought of for a long time and it kind of twigs something for them, uh, which makes them decide if they want to use those people in the future? Do they have room on their um, scale of picking up a film when it's done because they're going to be interested? You know, it really, I think, starts to open up a hell of a lot of doors. So let me ask you this then if it's trade based in terms of the demo for the onset publicity, do you spend any time thinking about, okay, what blogs or uh, non-top-tier trades like a Screen Daily or Variety or a Deadline, you know, and on and on and on, on that sort of, let's say, tier A level, do you ever think about trying to push the product to uh, the blogger level or to other uh, uh, just, I guess you could say, uh, entertainment paper papers around North America, etc., places that could certainly pick up the story, or do you feel that if it just goes to the main trades, that anybody else who sees it that wants to pick it up will just be able to grab it from there? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, quite often we'll, we'll, we'll do, you know, the exclusive thing where we give to Variety uh, something exclusive before we give it to, to Screen or The Hollywood Reporter. Um, I mean, that still plays, um, it seems to play quite heavily with, with people. <laughs> um, and I think that uh, uh, bloggers, I mean, every, every, everybody is important today. I mean, like I know everyone thinks they're, they're a film critic and there are some that, you know, maybe shouldn't be and it's more of a hobby. But I think, you know, when you're talking in, in sort of that higher mainstream, uh, you know, like the indie mainstream, then, you know, I think the, the trades are important, the bloggers are important. What we did was, uh, just as an example, uh, we were working with In Her Place, which is nominated for seven Canadian Screen Awards, and uh, they had prepared the film basically premiered at TIFF, and now we're getting ready for a theatrical. So they had created a, a brand new trailer, something completely different, and it was uh, it was fantastic. And we thought, you know, let's let's give this to Twitch as they are a very large kind of online film-based 
um, outfit and and thought you know let's let's sort of have them uh, run with this sort of exclusive like here you get to see it first and then um, that's what happened it got a heck of a lot of um, uh, you know uh, um, people looking at it and uh, also that kind of allowed for a lot more social media to come out of it and then it really sort of uh, sky skyrocketed into uh, that opening up a lot more people talking about the theatrical for the film so it really it kind of worked in our in our favor in a in the way that we hoped it would you know do you find that i mean uh, yes yes I, I get that but what i'm what i'm i, I guess what i'm kind of getting at is is there okay as a filmmaker let's let's just say i'm looking to get a certain amount of traction and i'm going to kind of put that in air quotes because i'm not so sure what traction really means so uh if you're working with a producer how do you help them define what kind of traction or expectation they should get from those initial releases again i want to just stay away from the the kind of that that festival distribution publicity effort because that really is a separate you know bag for for just a moment at that production stage, when you're making the announcements, start of production, end of production, what should the producer be thinking about in terms of, okay, this is what I want to get out of it. This is, this is what the goal of this is. Well, you know, that's a huge question. And I, I only say that because a lot of people really, you know, like they, they don't really know how to do it. You know, it, it's because there's so many elements that need to be done, and sometimes with it, uh, it, it costs it costs a bit of money. Um, you know, I'll give you another example: is when we worked with a film, The Ghost in Our Machine. Um, you know, it can't just be publicity alone. You know what I mean? So this film had many sort of angles to it, and the filmmaker spent many many months. Um, you know, researching and figuring out. So what, what, what she did is she brought in us as a publicist. She brought in a, um, a U.S. kind of branded PR agency that dealt with the subject matter of this film. So now you've got two really sort of powerful PR cycles. Then um, there was a booker that was brought in to sort of define the best cities and venues to go into with this particular film. Then there was this kind of street sort of um, marketing guru kind of uh, level of, 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 of promotion. So with all of those tie-ins and then all working together, that's what allowed that film to be completely sold out to continue um, playing longer than anyone ever imagined it playing at a theater. I mean, Ingrid Venninger is the perfect example of how, as an independent and someone who does so many things on her own, that's why she's called the queen of you know, DIY, is because that's what she does. She gets her, her, her friends, her kids, her students, everybody aligned to do all different things. So you've got a little PR, you've got a little social media, you've got people postering, you've got p- 
people wearing costumes on the street so they can get attention. It's like you, you build and you pull in all these things. Like sometimes, I mean, I hate to say it, even though publicity is great, you know, when you get those attentions from, from, from the trades and the reviews, you know, it's, sometimes it, it's not all what you, what you need, especially you can imagine for an independent film. I mean, obviously Hollywood blockbusters, I mean, they spend $100,000 on, you know, or $500,000 on marketing, marketing, marketing a film, right? So, so they, they've got the money to be able to do all those extra things that you want to do, like commercials and, and creating, you know, videos that, that are strictly just for, for, for that film. I'm going off target now, but, um, you know, I, I think you've got to bring in many elements that people don't think about. So it's not just a publicist. You've got to bring in everybody else to help, you know, really maneuver the film to that next level, you know? Yeah, no, is, is that, is that, that strategy, when, the, when does that thinking start taking place for... Well, right, right, right from the beginning. I mean, like, you know, you've, you've, you've already... Like, before you even go to, into production, you've already got sort of, um, you know your subject, you know the kinds of angles that might work for you, um, and then in the early stages, you just want to get notice of the film out there. Like, I work with Ingrid all the time on her films, and we sit down, she, she just tells the story. She tells the story, how it all began. And like immediately, because we work so well together, I'll start thinking, oh, well, let's, let's do, you know, let's try to get maybe something for you to write in Huffington Post about how this all began, because this was such a great sort of story, and, and it percolated into this film. And, you know, like she's always got, she already knows, like she's got these great little angles to, to everything. So when you sit down, you start talking, you come up with a bunch of different um, avenues and angles that you can use in getting little bits and stories out here and there and everywhere. So you know that that's where it all starts. And then then I guess. Well, hold on. Let me let me actually yeah. just put a pause on that for half a second because it's interesting. Yes, and we we've heard this before on the show and certainly in discussion with other people that filmmakers should start early. Although the <laughs> the real kind of elephant in the room is how many people actually do. So in the clients that you work with, even though I think people in general now think that they should be building social media audiences, building the story, developing that story early, which I completely agree with you. What I'm wondering is of the clients and people that you work for, how many people are just coming to you after the fact, having not put any thought towards this in advance? So you may know it, but you don't do it. I mean, is that yeah. kind of reality, or what are you seeing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that happens quite a bit. And then, unfortunately, with that, um, you know, there are six people in the audience when they go see the film. <laughs> and and I, sadly, we've seen that. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's pretty sad. Like, there's, you know, a lot of people start thinking outside the box. So it's, they're not just okay, here's a film, so we must be in the entertainment sections or we must be talking to entertainment producers. But, you know, if you start thinking outside the box and you really start looking at, at those stories and the angles that can come out of the films, there's so many other little areas that you can get your 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 attention placed. You know what I mean? Lots yeah, 100%. Uh, 100%. Yeah. So let, let me... Um 
let me kind of just just fast forward this then to to and I, we we may jump around a bit, but I I want to get to that the whole festival side of things because I have a feeling this is going to be obviously a, a big topic of conversation. So mm-hmm. you you you're in a place a filmmaker's in a place where they've gotten their film into a festival. Now mm-hmm. I think we should actually just define the needs that a producer might have at the different levels of festivals. So if you're at a tier a festival like a a Cannes or a Venice or a Sundance or a TIFF uh, versus you're at a tier B and tier C festival, uh, let's just say, because there are hundreds if not thousands of festivals around the world, how does that change and how should a producer think about what their publicity efforts should be depending on what level of festival they're at? Okay. Um... So, like, like uh, I understand the question, but then uh, I'm just trying to figure out. Well, okay, let me answer you. Okay. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll, phrase, I'll phrase the question in a different way, which is, does the publicity need change at all? Uh, or if you're at a Tier B festival, maybe you might say, there, we, there's no need for publicity at Tier B festival because you're, the buyers are only at Tier A festivals, so that's where you need the publicity. So uh, I'm just wondering... Again, how do you kind of frame that for a filmmaker who's listening to this? Well, look at it. it's you know again there's it's like a twofold kind of thing. So these A-list festivals, a lot of people have always said and this may have changed. It still may be the same. That you know if you can't do business in in Cannes or you can't do business in Toronto, then you're not then you're not going to be selling it when you go to the other festivals. Now that may be true for some people that are trying to maybe get a. Uh, uh, you know, like a theatrical or something, you know, a little bit, bit, bit higher guard. But we're in a different world now. We're, we're all about iTunes and VOD and digital and DVD and, you know, like people say it's dying, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working for a client that may be the last man standing in the DVD and Blu-ray world, but, you know, he's, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> um, but, 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 but I think that, you know, the festivals are really important for, so many other reasons. You want to be able to get reviewed so that when you, let's say independently, want to go back, let's say you were in Cannes and you want to go across Canada, you've now got a bunch of reviews that have come out or that people have talked about your film, whether through social media or bloggers or papers or radio, and now you can show them and say, hey, look, at this is what I achieved at this festival. And so this is going to make a booker kind of think, oh, okay, then we might have a chance with this film. So I think reviews are important. It doesn't matter if you're selling or not selling, but, you know, the reviews are extremely important. Now, working in Sorry, festivals, so I, I, just, I, just, yeah. I just want to be clear on that point, though, because... You, you kind of presuppose something there, which is that in order to get reviews, you need a, public, a publicist to help you get the kind no, of reviews. No, no, and that, that that's want. what I was just about to talk. Oh, talk okay, about, sorry, go ahead. Is yeah. that as, as a publicist that has worked festivals, I understand that, um, um, and this is the part that I think filmmakers will find interesting, is that when you have a hundred films that you've now got to look at, and get it out to the right media, you've got to watch as many of these films as possible. Like, I, I tend, you know, I, I enjoy it, so I watch a lot of films. Sometimes I don't catch every single one, because maybe I watched 50 instead of the 100 that the festival is showing. But then if a filmmaker then approaches me well in advance and tells me, hey, I'm going to be at this festival 
um, that immediately triggers, okay, well, if I haven't seen the film, I'm going to watch the film. Because sometimes with festivals, you've kind of got, as the festival's publicist, you kind of have that one chance in the beginning to uh, select a bunch of films that you're going to send to this key media person. And so we obviously, we can't send them 20 films because they're not going to look at it. So of, of the batches of films that we look at, we try to figure out, you know, who at CBC or who at the Globe and Mail or who is going to sort of appreciate or like this particular film. So the more that we know, the better. But sometimes there's a lot of films that we don't even, we don't even send at all. And so it gets, it gets missed out. But if you as a filmmaker make yourself aware to the publicist of that festival, then uh, hopefully those publicists will do what I do, which is if I wasn't aware of the film, I'll look at it and um, uh, try to find uh, you know the right home for it in the media. So, so let me just actually kind of just piece that apart a little bit there, because what, what I'm kind of taking out of what you just said, which is really interesting, is that, okay, the sorry before I actually ask ask the question, I, I want you to give just a definition of something for our audience and, and for myself as well. You mentioned the festival's publicist, mm-hmm. and that getting films to the festival's publicist is mm-hmm. that somebody who's different than yourself acting as a publicist for the, the independent filmmaker. Well, first of all, the, the the film has to get selected by the programmers, right? Okay, yeah, sure, so, but that so I'm mean, we're all assuming that so, the film yeah, the, the so film's in the festival. Yeah, the films and the festival. So really, it's now, you know, uh, it's really up to us now to, 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 you know, sort of get those films out to as many places and the most appropriate places and for the people that will talk about it the most. That's okay. what we do. No, no, 100%, 100%. Okay. I, I was just trying to make a distinction that I didn't know whether you were making that distinction, which was, is there another publicist at the festival level that you as the filmmaker's publicist is interacting with but it sounds like that's that that's what i i thought i'd heard but that's not what you're what you were saying what you were not saying really is- like it if the if the look at i always appreciate when we're when we're working festivals this is only when we're working festivals i always appreciate when a filmmaker has its own publicist because then i feel okay great um, I don't have to worry about that one because they're going to take care of it. So now it's allowed me to, to take on more <laughs> others that don't have publicists, which is mostly the case, right? right. Okay, sorry. I guess, sorry, I, I, I just want to be, be clear here because I, I understand what you're saying and I just want to make it clear to our audience. So there are, there are two, two publicists in what we're talking about here. You were, you were thinking about it from the perspective of, which is fine, but I, I just want to be clear about this. You were uh, conveying information from the perspective of you, Ingrid, representing a festival as the festival's publicist versus an independent filmmaker hiring a publicist for their film at a festival. So those those are two separate jobs and those are two separate roles. You were talking the capacity of being the festival's publicist. Yeah, but I'm talking small small festivals, right? Like... Like, for instance, as a, as a good example, uh, I get hired out uh, for hot dogs that's coming up. We're very popular in that arena because we love our docs and, and we do well with documentaries. So we, we get a lot of filmmakers coming to us to work on their film during hot dogs. 
Now, Hot Docs has its own PR agency that they bring in, which is VK and Associates. Now, we work with uh, VK very closely, and for them, they get excited, which is what I was explaining to you. They get really excited that uh, they know that I'm going to be working on five of the films that are at Hot Docs, and what they do is whenever they have people asking them questions, media or otherwise, they would always just direct it to us so that we handle it, which allows them to work on the films that don't have publicists that, that may have come in on their own just as the filmmaker. Does okay. that make sense? You no, know, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. so what you're saying here is, and I think the, the important takeaway for... Uh, for me and for our listeners, is that if you're a filmmaker and you don't have a publicist, then yeah. you should be liaising with the festival's yes. publicist because yes. all festivals have a publicist. And the job yes. of the festival's publicist is to help promote films in the festival. So that would be exactly. that would be for a filmmaker that doesn't have the money to afford bringing in a festival, a publicist, to promote their film. In which case... The lead time that you have, and I'm just extrapolating here, the lead time that that uh, that a filmmaker has, uh, and the greater lead time they have in order to inform the festival's publicist that their films in the festival and to try and get them to get on side, the better. Um, yeah. Now, now what? Because I, I want to talk about the filmmaker's publicist as well in more detail here in this in this example. But before I jump back over to the filmmaker's publicist as opposed to the festival's publicist let me ask you just put your festival's publicist hat on as a moment and it, it's funny i didn't actually think that this conversation would veer in these two directions but this is really good as mm-hmm. the festival's publicist what is going to make you push one filmmaker's film over another okay well th- this is the part where i told you i try to watch as many as i can and so really um it's not even so much that I like the film, right? I mean, I do like a lot of films, but you know, does does the film have like a good good story? Does it have a good angle? And then quite often I'll look at a film and go, "Oh my god, this will be perfect for this person." You know, so immediately while I'm watching the film, I'm already thinking that. Um, but I personally get very impressed <laughs> by a filmmaker that does get in touch and certainly early enough. You can't do this like 10 days out from the festival starting. You got like minute that you're in the festival is you should that quickly make contact with the festival's publicist because you're already hold on Ingrid Ingrid one sec you're you're breaking up a bit are you actually are you on a cell phone right now I assumed you were but no oh okay sorry you were breaking up there for half a second but you're you're, no no you're you're back can you actually just start that start that sentence over again don't worry we're not sorry i guess i i've got a a weird building that a certain areas it goes wonky um you were you were just saying don't touch uh uh, don't get in touch with the festival's publicist if you're 10 days out you need to give them more time so if you could just kind of take it from there again that'd be great yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, because quite often, and it's, it's always a drag, but people don't realize, um, they just think, oh, okay, uh, I can call them a week before the festival starts. But in our world, um, sometimes, and I'm talking about smaller festivals, like we, we do, um, the Toronto Jewish Film Festival, uh, uh, we do, uh, like, uh, um, you know, the, the real indie film festival, the real artists, like, you know, and these are kind of smaller festivals. So with that... Um, yeah, but there are hundreds, if not, again, 
hundreds, yeah. Thousands of smaller filmmakers at film festivals like this around the world. So I think the example is going to apply regardless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so for that, um, you know, sometimes as the publicist of that festival, you may only get sort of that, that one feature story because it is a small festival. And of course, Toronto has like billions, but you may only get that one chance. So, so you want the the filmmaker needs to get in touch with the publicist, so at least you can be in that early sort of feature story idea um, where where they, where they will talk about a bunch of of films, which we tend to try to get as much as possible. But that doesn't mean that later on, like you know, it, depending on you as a filmmaker or the subject matter that's in your film, that we won't. Uh, leading up closer to the festival and even during the festival, we'll get a lot of interviews uh, done as well because we're we're always looking at uh, you know it's not just that first feature story, um, but it's it's uh, you know leading up and during the festival we're always we've always got people out doing different interviews. So, uh, but but all I all I was trying to stress with that is. Um, the minute you know that you're in the festival, just get in touch with that publicist and make yourself aware, uh, make them aware of you, you and your film and get them to, to watch it so that they can, um, I mean, I don't know how other, uh, other people work, or this is how I work, and I know that um, um, other publicists that I work closely with do the same thing, is they watch as many films as they can so that they can start lining up the, the different media that they can approach for the different uh, films that they've got at their festival. Got it. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you to, to switch hats. The filmmaker's okay. publicist. So the filmmaker yeah. has gotten word that they're in, and let's just use the Toronto International Filmmaker Film Festival here as an example since it's, it's, it's our home base, but still one of the top-tier festivals in the world, and no different than any other top tier festival where you have a lot of buyers and sort of a quasi marketplace happening at this at at, at that time. So let's yeah. just use that as the the framework for this question slash example. What are you counseling the filmmaker to do? Because a lot of the time the filmmaker that has the financial ability to bring in a publicist likely also has a sales company involved. So where do you sit in that discussion? What counsel are you giving to filmmakers? What are you trying to achieve? Well, um, I mean, again, it, uh, it's really hard uh, to... Uh, answer that unless we, we sort of take an example but you know depending on on the film like who's in the film what are like i mean I, I used to work at the toronto sun so i sort of come from the world of coming up with as many angles as you possibly can think of right so i sort of have a little bit of an advantage there where if i if i could sort of find a bunch of different angles like what you know this is why i like to sit down and talk with the filmmaker with the producer you know with the cast like i want to know everything about this film how it came about like there's there's a story somewhere everywhere and so the more of those that i that i know there's more opportunities that we could get more features and stories done on the film and in the in the in the end, this is kind of what you want. Like you, you want to sort of walk away with a nice big sort of status report that contains a bunch of 
interviews, reviews, you know, pictures with cut lines, like just as much chatter um, as, as possible. And so when I'm talking to a filmmaker, I'm always kind of looking for as many angles and not just the regular angles. Like, you know, every, everybody's all into, um, you know, sort of different sides of the film, you know, like, like because of bloggers and this whole digital world, is there, is there something that we can, you know, find in that arena that we can discuss? Is there animation in there? Is, is the, is the production value out of this world? Is, is the DOP like, like award winning and did some stuff that you've never seen before? Like these are all little uh, trinkets of things that you can sort of offer up to the media, you know? A hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, I, what I'm wondering is, do you ever feel if there is a, um, like, a, I guess a little bit of a tug of war with the sales company in terms of the objective of the filmmaker uh, or the objective of the sales company and the filmmaker and the publicist that they don't jive or that people come in and they want different things? What have you seen in terms of, <laughs> you know, like the expectations or the strategy where, like where does where does the strategy kind of go off the rails a bit between what sales companies want at festivals and what publicists want at festivals well it's interesting that you're asking me this because i usually tell a filmmaker especially um uh if they're fairly new to to not not go with the sales agent right away and all sales agents are going to hate me right now for saying this but, you know, I, I really do feel that sometimes people think that if they've got one going into a festival or going into that first theatrical, that they've got one leg up. But, you know, that's not always the case. Like, I think you almost have to sort of appear, you know, you've got to sort of like, boom, here we are, um, and, and sort of have a few different people coming, coming to you. And, and, and sitting down and discussing with them exactly what they think they can offer you. How do they know what they can offer before you've even gone into a festival and seen what the reaction is yet, you know? Are you thinking about it from the perspective of a distributor having not seen it or uh, like engaging? No, a sales agent. Like, a, like we're talking sales agent. Yeah, no, no, now, I know. Right? That, that's why I wanted to, I wanted to just, just, just clarify that. So you're thinking that it's... Potentially like better. It's not, it's not very often that I work on a film that has a sales agent. I tend to usually get calls saying, oh, we're interested, we're interested. And so I pass it along to the filmmaker, and I think that's great. Have them interested, but don't talk to them until you've, you've, you've spent some time at that festival already. And, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got people already chomping at the bit. Like, that's what you want them to be. You, you, want, them, you want to have the best deal possible that you can have for the film. Okay, so I, I need to parse that out just a little bit because a lot of the time, one of the main objectives of a filmmaker, obviously, at a film festival is to get a deal with a distributor, and the at least to those. Now I'm not I'm not talking like this, this, I'm not talking distributor. I'm talking sales agent. Right? Understood, totally. So what yeah. what what I'm getting at is the interaction with the distributor is usually had, or I don't want to say usually, but for the most part, conceptually is had between the sales agent and the distributor, as of course you know. So are you kind of suggesting that it may be better to go into a festival 
without a sales agent, get your sales agent at the festival from the play that is doing there, and then letting the sales company, you know, handle negotiations or dealings with the distributor. Because the best case scenario is that you've got an amazing festival play, and then you get a bunch of phone calls coming in. And that could be from, from both sales agents yeah. and distributors. Now, if that's happening all at the same time, that can be fairly overwhelming for a filmmaker. So, well, if uh, it's a young filmmaker, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, even for experienced filmmakers who, you know, uh, they, 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 they won't tend to want to, I guess, have a sales company there representing them. But I guess you're, you're really thinking about it from the perspective of, and I can appreciate this, from the perspective of, okay, if you're a young filmmaker going to a, going to a festival for maybe your first or second time, that maybe it's better to go there with an open cart. Yeah. I mean, look, at if you're, if you're, if you're experienced... Then, uh, and I do want to step back a bit because the whole sales agent thing is very U.S. I mean, it's very, it's not Canadian style. You know what I mean? Like in Canada, you get a distributor. You don't get a sales agent. Well, sure. But I, yes, although a lot of the times, a lot of the, the, the filmmakers who are coming to the Toronto International Film Festival, they're, they're angling for distribution from distributors all over the world. U.S., and yeah, I mean, look at in a, in a perfect world, the only thing that I can say to this is, you've got to research, research, research. If you don't know who anybody is, then you might as well not be in the business and don't even bother to get involved with anyone. Like I think if you're going in and you're you're you've you've had a few films at festivals and there are a number of sales agents that are coming after you, then you better know who these sales sales agents are. So you got to look at the kinds of films that they've picked up the kind of results they've had from these agents and and how far and wide they've gone. Like quite often, sales agents are, you know, they're good talkers, but they're really not good walkers, you know. So there isn't, there. I, I don't know, um, uh, you know, too many that people have been that happy with, you know what I mean? And I say the same about distributors. You better know who your distributors are, the kinds of films that they usually like to pick up, the kinds of results they've had with it, how well they've distributed them. All of this stuff has got to be in your pocket. So when you're sitting down talking to them, you know exactly who you're talking to. Yeah, that's that's a great great advice by yeah, a hundred hundred percent. That you need you need to have that information. You need to talk to other producers, see what those. Yeah, people and there's plenty of people out there in this in this world that we live in that will give you honest. <laughs> honest comments about what they thought of, 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 of these people and these agencies. And, uh, you know, you got to look at that, and some of it, it you know, is, is good, some of it's not good. But, you know, all those things you got to be well aware of. So let me actually just kind of shift gears just because I want to be sensitive of your time, and we're kind of getting to the end of, of our time together here on, on, this, uh, on this show. Um, <laughs> is, is it easier for you now? Or is it harder for you now that there are more and more and more outlets to place the story? Uh, well, you know, the thing is, it's, it's a very different world. Like, I, I, I can't even, it's, it's, a, it's a big one to answer only because, um, you know, during this media transition, there are less and less print, like I'm a print girl from way back when, you know, so I, I love print. But there's it's, it's it's done. Like you know, like you're lucky if you can even get anything in print these days. There's like one person that's doing five, six different jobs in the print 
arena, but you got to be a little bit careful because everybody and their sister has now got a podcast, has now got a blog, has now got, you know, so all of them, you have to, I think for some people, and I guess a lot of publicists get stuck here, is that they, they want as much as they can get, you know, like that's the goal, let's get it all, but there are people that, that I don't, I don't, I don't want them to interview or, or review the films that I'm working in because they're just not, uh, I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. They're just. They're just not there. I mean, for them, it's a hobby, right? And I think it's it's better to not, you know to have less but of quality than to have tons that are like you know not so good, right? Yeah, I, I think you really need to have. I guess to to paraphrase what you're saying, be careful not only which publicists you're working with, but also. Be, because the publicist that you choose to work with and their strategy that they're going to bring to the table will dictate where they want to place or try and get your product placed. And what you're saying is that that that, that decision point of the strategy of where the publicist is going to focus on getting the product placed is actually critical because if it's with smaller hobbyists, type publications that's not going to be as good as if you're really focusing on the specific higher end media whatever that may be that's going to help promote your film yeah i think it's really important that when somebody and there's many media people that always approach us and say please put us on your list please put us on your list and i really do take this into account like i i look at what they're offering and i read their reviews and i look at 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 the way they're presenting themselves before I, I really do put them on our list. Like, I think that's really important. No, that's great. I think that's, uh, that's great advice. I think that's a, a great way to look at it. And, uh, listen, if people want to connect with you in, uh, in the digital space or, uh, directly, what would be the best way for anybody who's listening to this show who, uh, might need some help with publicity on their film for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, that's nice. Well, our website is, uh, gat.ca. So that's G-A-T dot C-A. And then they can reach me at Ingrid at GAT dot C-A. Great. And we'll put uh, some show notes there uh, for anybody who wants to reach out. Uh, any last thoughts, Ingrid? Anything that you want to leave our audience with? Uh, anything that people should be thinking about as a last thought? Well, I mean, I started saying this about the research thing, but I, I think it's, you know, it's great that people make movies and we, we love movies. We want more movies. But I, I think people really need to know everything around the movie making business. Like if you're you're a director or producer or an editor, it doesn't matter. You gotta really be aware of all those other um um bits and pieces that sort of accumulate to make this the the, the package. Like you gotta know who like like I said earlier, who you're um, you know, sales agents, who your distributors are, who, who the, the publicists are, um, who, who the media is. Like, you know, like take a course for heaven's sakes. Like they're, they're out there and just really know what's around you because you don't want to walk in dumb. Like that's the worst thing. Like people will always say that they're, they're good and, and they're the best and they can make this happen and that happen. But the more you're aware, you're going to know if they can make it happen or not. <laughs> And that, I think that's a great a great note to end on. So, Ingrid, I want to thank you again for your time. Uh, yeah, appreciate thanks. you coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun. We I tried to 
pack in a lot of information here. In fact, I, I kind of feel like we just got started. If anything, I need to have you back on the show, which maybe we'll do <laughs> closer to the Toronto Film Festival time. And uh, uh, thanks again. Uh, this has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Good. Bye. Bye.